Are you looking for inspiration and words of wisdom so you can go out and launch your own business? This is the Lost and Founded podcast, bringing you raw and relatable stories of successful entrepreneurs, committed startups and personal experiences that are here to inspire, inform and influence. My name is Amanda. My name is Nicola. And in today's episode, we'll be speaking with a mastermind behind saving wonky breads. Did you know that a third of all food produce goes to waste worldwide and around 24 million pieces of this is bred in the UK alone? Our guest today is a student at Lancaster University studying business management with a passion for enforcing international change within the food and drink industry as he reaches countries such as India and Ghana. His motivation to create environmental change inspired him to bring to life subscription-based packages to tackle the issue of food wastage in the UK. He partners with independent UK bakeries to turn their waste bread into profit. So without further ado, we'd love to welcome James Eid, founder of Earth & Wheat. Welcome, James. How are you? Hi, thank you very much for having me on the show. I'm good, thanks. How, how are you both doing? Yeah, doing well, doing well. Can't complain. Yeah, doing good. It's a pleasure to have you. So just to kick off the podcast, could you tell us a little bit about Earth & Wheat and what inspired you to, you know, set this all up? Uh, absolutely. So I, I'm actually a fourth generation baker. So I, I've grown up in the bakery industry. My great grandfather, my grandfather, my father, and now, now me. We're all bakers at heart. We have a family business, which which bakes bread at volume. And the waste we see is eye watering. Even though our percentage is very low in terms of waste, because we produce at volume proportionately, the figures are eye watering. So we are trying to figure out what can we do because we can't really reduce the waste anymore because it's already proportionally very small percentage so we were brainstorming and we came up with the idea that instead of throwing it away or instead of diverting it to pig farms or animal farms for animal feed because it's perfectly fresh it's tasty it's edible we can send that to customers directly and and that's that's where it started so earth and wheat essentially now matches bakeries with the final consumer as a sort of software a software but not necessarily a tech company. We're more bakers, but we're, we're using tech to essentially use our industry knowledge to partner uh, bakeries to the final consumer in the most sustainable and planet-friendly way possible. So our mission is to end food waste at the point of production, but we also are quite big on charities. So we're also fighting unnecessary poverty, food poverty in the Western world to start. And then we have big plans elsewhere as well. Absolutely. Very modest, James. <laughs> but um, no, I think that's great. I think it's really it's really great that you've obviously looked at your immediate surroundings and thought actually who's around me and what can we do to tackle this issue um, and I think you know you're fourth generation baker which is crazy you don't really hear that very often so I think that that's something that's quite unique as well so what are your what would you say your key responsibilities are in the business and what does your team look like yeah so we have a small team so Earth and Wheat is still part of the family business but it's very much a startup, it's a Skunk Works project, uh, which is now not a project anymore. It's, everyone's taking it a bit more seriously because it's picking up, uh, which is great to see. Um, but we have a small team, got the, the wonky rescue warriors, who are the ones that actually pack the breads and rescue them fresh off the line. But we've also got a small social social media team, and then we, we've got people who help with finance as well. So, so it's, a, it's a modest team. Of, of course, we've got the software team as well, and that's critical to the earth and wheat solution for tackling food waste. Yeah. Uh, was there a different part to that question? Sorry. No, no, you no. answered it very well. Yeah, that basically tells us what your team looks I mean, what would you say your key responsibilities are then? Uh, uh, yes. 
Yeah, so, so I'm very much leading the project. So my, my role, my title is, is brand director and founder, but it's not just the brand I'm focusing on. It's, it's pretty much all, all aspects. It's the operations, it's the logistics, it's the finance, it's the uh, marketing, it's everything. But yeah, I thoroughly enjoy all the roles, so it's not a problem at all. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I think from like some of the episodes we've done, we realise that you actually have to wear so many hats where you've got to almost like know all the little elements and almost like to almost fill this gap or this specific role. Like it's, it's crazy. Yeah, and it's really becomes truly difficult if you don't understand any part of the business, especially if you're trying to launch it to a new level. If you don't understand any aspect, it can become very challenging because you end up relying on other people. And of course, you need the team. But if you don't understand what the team are doing, it becomes a problem. Amazing. And as you said, you do so many different roles. You're probably learning so much as you go along. And I know that you're currently doing your bachelor's degree. So how have you actually been able to do that alongside managing this big business and being a marketer, a finance person? How how does it all come together in one piece? <laughs> yeah, so so I, I study um, at Lancaster University. I just finished my second year. Uh, in a way, COVID helped because we were all at home studying online. So studying online meant I could actually continue working full time. I just did my exams. Those were those were interesting, but I, I, I still did well. I got a first in those, but it was very challenging to run the business, but also study and take the exams. But again, the fact that they were online helped as well, because it meant I could actually, I don't have to travel to university or campus and then sit down and do an exam. I could do it online and then continue my work straight after. But the, the university have been very supportive as well. The lecturers have given me inspiration in different aspects of the company. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been a blast. And now I'm in the one year's placement. So I'm working with, with the family business and I'll continue to drive earth and wheat. And then my final year, fourth year, and I'll probably continue to drive earth and wheat as much as I can. That is crazy. I think that's, it's all really coming together with your degree and, you know, and your actual business itself. Like the fact that you're doing your placement with your business, I think is really, really cool. I don't think I've heard anyone do that before. So I think that's, that's amazing. And I mean, the last time we spoke, you, I couldn't believe how long you said you've been trading for, because I was like, it's actually done so well. But how, well, just for the people who are listening, how long has Earth and We actually been trading? And do you think that there are any previous experiences that have actually helped you embark on this journey? Yeah, so Earth and Wheat has been trading for around um, four or five months now. Um, I'm not sure when this podcast will air, but I'm sure it will be uh, not too far from when we're recording. And, and it's been a blast. I mean, the customers are amazing. They really care for the passion. Uh, they, have, they, they really care for the cause and they have great passion for what we're trying to achieve. So, so without our customers, we wouldn't have anything. And without our suppliers allowing us to rescue the monkey bread, we wouldn't have anything. But yeah, it's grown very quickly. We've actually not engaged with our proper marketing campaign. It was just me playing around on social media. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's been very good. And in terms of things which have helped me during, during the beginning of the, the pandemic, I set up a, a face, face mask manufacturing plant to help produce face masks. And we actually ended up selling as well uh, direct to the consumer through a subscription model. And that's where I learned the IT infrastructure and, and the requirements for that. So I've, I've essentially taken past experiences and brought that to the bakery industry in a way. That's amazing. I think it's so important that you've taken all these different experiences just to amalgamate them together to bring together this five month growth that's been amazing for Earth and Wheat. And you've done so much in such a short time, but what are two of the biggest obstacles that you have had to face to date where you thought, you know, 
you've maybe been put down, but then you were like, okay, no, I can do this. I can work through it. Yeah. So, so there are, there are some things with, with the business model itself. So, so fresh bread goes stale exponentially. So the logistics and the operations to rescue it is really critical because you have to essentially, if you, uh, our promise is, is fresh, is our guarantee. And to keep to that guarantee, it has to be delivered on the next day. The, the bread you buy at the shops are typically a few days older. So they're not actually as fresh as our bread on earth and wheat. So that was one challenge because I really wanted to make it work where actually our product is better than some of the other products out there, even if it's wonky or misshapen or the wrong color it's fresh so that was one of the hurdles we had to overcome and we, we've managed that now I mean occasionally there are a few delayed boxes but we make it up to the customer because that's who we are we're, we're trying to do the best thing in the best way what other challenges have there been there, there are always challenges in business when when you're trying to find the right people to work on the team especially when you're new to business you have third parties who want to do work for you uh, but not necessarily work under you in terms of employment um, more like a contractor and and you can have issues there if especially if they sense you don't have an idea of the industry um, it can be quite insulting actually but i'd say that's one challenge people when you're slightly younger they underestimate your capabilities or or or, or what you actually know yeah so th- that's probably another challenge absolutely i think we're going to touch on that um a little bit later as well um, and i think Consumer promise is a massive one. I mean, like what, what you promise uh, your client if you want and what you actually give them is, does it actually match up? Huge obstacle that I think a lot of businesses will have trouble in kind of facing actually when they're starting up is, you know, what what is your consumer promise and have you actually met that? Um, so I think obviously you've mentioned the fact that you are fourth generation baker and you've got your family around you, which is absolutely great. And how important do you think it is actually to have a support system around you when starting a business? You know, um, has your support system changed at all? Like, what, is, what does that look like for you? Yeah, so, so when starting a new business, it helps to have people around you who, are, who care for you, who are passionate for what you're trying to achieve as well. And so my, my parents have been a great support. My grandparents have been a great support. But it, and if you're starting a new business, it's important to also, uh, especially if it's an industry which you've never dabbled in before to have contacts who can help you along the way teach you not help you teach you as a, as a kind of mentor I, I was fortunate enough to have grown up in the in the bakery industry so I, from a very young age I was probably five or six baking bread um, at, at the bakeries so, so I, I a lot earth and wheat has its challenges in terms of for example shelf life um, of, a, of a product um, you have to test for microbes you have to make sure it's safe to consume food safety is a big factor and and I kind of I was brought up with that so I knew what earth and wheat could do realistically for example we couldn't really rescue uh, we, we probably wouldn't anyway because it's not in line with um, what our consumers want but we wouldn't rescue meats because to deliver that overnight um, has challenges for food safety um, but yeah so net- networking is important um for, for, for a new startup if you don't know the industry especially um it's good to have a mentor perfect and just before we actually started this podcast you were telling us about how you haven't had a holiday in two years which is crazy because everybody needs a holiday in their life so on that note how do you actually find the time to just socialize and be you know sort of a university student having their normal life but also trying to make other things happen 
Yeah, I mean, it's not all doom and gloom. Um, yeah, I haven't had a, a proper holiday, but I, I do spend time with my friends um, in the evenings of, say, Friday, Saturday night. Um, but it just means I have to wake up early and do more work um, to catch up. But, but it's, 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 it's not like I've uh, not had time to wind down. Um, it's more so I haven't had in the typical one or two weeks away. Um, but again, most people haven't during COVID anyway. Um, so it's not something I'm, I'm too worried about. Everyone's saying, oh, do you want to go on holiday soon? I was like, no, I actually need to focus now. This is my time to, to drive earth and wheat. Um, so holidays can come in the future. No problem. That sounds like Nicola. That actually sounds <laughs> like Nicola. Every other day, Nicola would ask me, when are we going on holiday? Um, so <laughs> I get it. Um, but, you know, how do you actually promote Earth and Wheat? Because it seems like, you know, you said that it's kind of just, it's just happened during the pandemic. It's flowed quite easily. So do you have a community of supporters already of, of wonky bread? Or is it something that you had to you know, grow through a strategy or, you know, what, what was your sort of plan behind that? Yeah, so, so I went in knowing um, that social media ha- plays a huge role um, to, to drive sales. I mean, we, we have, um, we have uh, made mistakes with marketing um, already with the Earth and Meat projects. So we, we invested in some radio airtime. It wasn't necessarily the best payback, but we found social media for us because of the product, it's a low price, it's high volume we're trying to push. Um, social media marketing was more uh, effective Um, but there are also other avenues um, such as leaflet distribution we did that for the for the mask campaign and that was a hit because it was a we we were um, charging fair prices when masks were one or two pounds each for those uh, disposable ones we're charging 10p 20p Um, so so if you yeah a a multi multi multi-channel marketing communication method is probably the best but you have to also understand that not all marketing avenues are best for your product absolutely and i think with marketing it's important for you know some of our listeners to know that you're not going to get it right the first time you have to explore different things one thing that may work for a big business that you think you want to live up to may not necessarily work for your startup business and we talked a little bit earlier about how sometimes people have underestimated your capability potentially due to your age and you know your current experiences so how have you been able to overcome some of these different things you know how do you actually deal with them yeah so so sometimes um you'll get quotes coming through for for projects that you 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 want and when they (laughs) when they charge you that much for something you know it shouldn't be that much it's not even worth replying to because they don't, they don't have any respect um, for you as a business person. But m- most people aren't out there to get you or rip you off one off. They want, they want, they want to build a long relationship with you as a, as a, business, as a business partner. Um, but when people do tend to uh, perhaps um, try to take advantage uh, or, or essentially over, overcharge thinking you won't realize, um, it's just something you have to be wary about. What, what I tend to do now is I tender the opportunity to other businesses. So say, for example, I have, I, I need to buy a, a new box for the earth and wheat product. I won't go to one supplier. I'll go to three, four, five suppliers. Um, and then you get a, an honest price. Um, and, and that's what you need. I mean, as long as it's honest, then, then you know you're not being ripped off. Um, and people will fight for the best price for you if they know other people are in the game as well. 
Absolutely. And I think even just comparing, um, you know, one business to another business, you'll definitely find the one that works best for you, that works best with your consumer values and your goals as well. So, you know, it's not even sometimes just about the best price, it's actually about which company best suits the morale of your business too, um, which I think is absolutely great. Um, so could you take us through the wonky bread journey? Like, how do we get from production to packaging? Yes, uh, absolutely. So this is... Um... This is one of my favorite things to talk about. <laughs> so the, what happens at the moment is a customer places an order online um, and that goes into the earth and wheat magical system. And this essentially redistributes the customer's order to the right bakery. Um, and that's what we've spent a lot of time and investment on, on is the software. So the bakery receives the order and they essentially uh, on their, on their lines, on, on their, they'll they'll rescue the bread which was destined for the bin so instead of literally what they do is they throw it into the bin they throw it into an earthen wheat packing tray and that tray will be packed um for the customer and put into a box and then uh sealed we use a, a really nice uh paper tape we're trying to we're trying to minimize plastics even though our, our bread packaging has plastics occasionally uh, most of the time for most products actually we, we use a 100% recyclable packaging, but it's also important for customers to communicate with the customers um, that they're without, without packaging, uh, plastic packaging in the bakery industry, bread waste would be 20% higher. And it's already 24 million pieces of bread every day in the UK thrown away. Um, so 20% higher, you can do the maths. It's too much of a figure that we don't want to see. Um, so yeah, so once the boxes are made, um, our logistics partners pick them up um, and then redistribute to the to the, with couriers to the final consumer. Um, and, and so at the moment, each box that's rescued saves around 3,240 grams of CO2 and about 3,000 um, litres of fresh water, virtual fresh water in the supply chain from cultivation to milling to, to producing the bread um, and all the transport emissions as well to the each box has a great deal of good in terms of preventing waste and preventing those precious resources from going into the bin or being wasted or it's so lovely to hear about how you're not just focusing on you know just the reducing food waste which is already a big issue you've brought together all these other elements to really sort of help our planet which is something that's such a big topic these days and it's so nice to hear your passion for it just from baking bread as you're the fourth generation to how you've taken it to evolving it with the different issues currently going on in the world so did you always dream about starting your own business because you couldn't you were sort of kind of born into the whole little industry and it helped start you off but was this always a dream of yours yeah so I, I grew up in the family business I knew I wanted to work in in the family business um, and there are other, other opportunities in the business but I thought you know what this waste is actually devastating and no one's doing anything about it let's actually find a solution that would not only work for us but that would work for others as well um, so, so hopefully, uh, I, I know Earth and Wheat will do well in, in reducing food waste. Um, and now we're actually on a really exciting journey. We're in communication with a number of bakeries to also join Earth and Wheat. Um, and they're excited as well, which is a good sign. Um, so hopefully in the next few months, we'll have more variety on the Earth and Wheat platform, which means uh, more options for the consumer. They don't want the same bread every week. They want, they want a variety. Um, but also um, more, more bread being saved from going to waste. 
I think what I really love about what you just said is that, you know, you're actually starting almost like a trend for other businesses to follow um, based on sustainability. But I think what I also caught on to what you said was that sometimes actually sustainability is almost about what you can save more in comparison to something else. I mean, I think even with the environmental issues that are going on at the moment, we know for a fact we can't eradicate everything. So it's almost as if like, what can you eradicate the most of? Um, which is always going to be a battle in, in the, I guess, the, the field of sustainability. Um, and yeah, so, so, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, one third of food that we produce in the world is wasted. And it's something like a quarter of that food can feed all the people in the world who are in food poverty. So, so it, it's shocking figures. I think if food waste were a country, in terms of emissions, it would be the third biggest country after, or after the USA and China. So food waste is very much something that's tangible that we can prevent from happening. I mean, it's not about um, whole industry-wide changes like going from fossil fuel cars to electric. I mean, that's a big, big, big initiative. Food waste is something we can all do. It's, it's individual, but also Earth and Wheat is the only company who's tackling food waste at the source of production at scale. So 16%, 15.8% of food waste is at the point of production. And that's the invisible waste, which is untouched. It's unseen, it's unheard of. This is the waste that Earth and Wheat is saving because as an industry insider, I, I know it's there and I just couldn't do, I couldn't not do anything about that. Absolutely. I can see your passion for it as well, which is, <laughs> which is absolutely amazing. Um, you can see why you've, why you've obviously started Earth and Wheat, which is great. Um, I would say that obviously you're at university, like you do, you are going to get your degree. Um, would you say that there are skills that your degree has actually allowed you to develop into your business? Or would you say a lot of them have been developed outside of your degree? I mean, how do you sort of balance that? I think... Uh, the the course I'm on is, is fantastic. Um, some of the modules, which are more practical, um, more more engaging, for example, entrepreneurship, we have to do, um, we, we actually get out into society. And when we were able to, before the pandemic, we were trying to sell things. We were trying to come up with business ideas, initiatives, things like that. I think I learned more there than I would um, in other areas. But it also depends on what you're most interested in. I mean, uh, yeah. number crunching is not necessarily my passion but having learned it it's something that has become very useful um, for for me in business um, and the beauty of starting a business um, but also studying is that whatever you learn you apply and it kind of soaks into you so you remember it it becomes something that's day-to-day -day rather than something that you learn for an exam um, so I'd say it's a balance between both um, and both have been very useful Amazing. And I know you said your parents play a big part in your life and so do your grandparents in helping inspire you and helping you get where you are today. So if you could maybe then something say, what's this important thing that you actually learned from them where it's gotten you through some of the tough days and just helped you push through all these different tasks you keep doing? Yeah, so so we have a family, um, family kind of way of life where we never give up um, unless we have to. Um, so... So that sort of upbringing where you have to try to go for it, otherwise uh, you won't succeed. Um, yeah, my, my, my dad always says, if a job is worth doing, it's worth doing properly. Um, so that's what we're trying to do with Earth and Wheat. We're trying to end food waste the proper way. Um, yeah.
so, so yeah everyone's been a, a great help um very motivational absolutely and i think i mean i think you kind of answered this question a bit earlier but you know how do you actually celebrate your small wins i mean there are like little obstacles along the way that i'm sure you're just like i can't believe i just did that um so how do you celebrate these things i normally call my mum and dad then i call my <laughs> nan <laughs> um yeah th that's it really um I, I i guess it's just appreciating what we have um and and not letting that become the peak because if that becomes the peak then you as a business you become stagnant um so appreciate the the hurdles but also know that there's more to come and that you have to you have to work harder for for more to come i mean that's just the stepping stone to get to where you want to end up Amazing. And for our listeners, what would be the best advice that you could give them if they're wanting to start up their own business and build their own company? What do you think is the first thing they should hear right now, straight from you, where they think, okay, now I can go off and do it, or to just help them decide whether they should do it or not? Because a lot of people think being an entrepreneur means one thing, but sometimes it's there's so much hidden to it. So is there any advice you'd give to our listeners? Yeah, everyone is an entrepreneur. Everyone's an entrepreneur. But to, to be a successful entrepreneur, you have to have something that you enjoy. You have to have a passion for it. Um, I'd, I'd also say it's a lot of hard work. So if you don't have that passion, it's going to be very, uh, it's going to take a, a big toll on your life, um, especially if you want it to make it work. Um, so without that, that passion, that fire for accomplishment in the field you, you've chosen, um, it will be quite difficult. James, thank you so much for joining us. That's actually all we have time for today. But why can our audience sort of find out more about Earth and Wheat along your journey? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on the show. So Earth and Wheat is found uh, online, www.earthandwheat.com uh, and also on all social medias uh, at Earth and Wheat, Earth and Wheat everywhere. Um, that's where you'll find us. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. I really enjoyed it. Thank, Thank you so much. This has been the Lost and Founded podcast. If you liked this episode, make sure to head over to Instagram and let us know how you found it at Lost and Founded Pod. With new episodes being released every Thursday, you'll be ready to continue taking steps to bring your ideas to life. Wherever you listen to your podcast, be sure to follow and be notified about more inspiring stories and experiences. That's all for now, and we'll see you next week.